Evening, Tom. Welcome to another episode of Time Added On. Um, how are you? Another busy week of football. Yeah, I know. Shame. <laughs> yeah, you sound yeah. happy. You sound happy. Yeah, Come on, yeah, you just said to me we're going to try and be a little bit more upbeat and a little bit more optimistic. Let's treat. <laughs> let's treat the next forty-five minutes an hour as, as group therapy for uh, for ourselves and everyone listening. It's not been a good week. No, no, cheers, Alex. Let's, let's do therapy and admit that it's been rubbish. Yeah, yeah, no, not been the greatest week football-wise. I've been all right, though. I've yeah? All right. Yeah, I've been all right. And, you know, we've got, you know, we've got something to look forward to tomorrow. We've got the FA Cup draw, third round. Everyone's oh, in. That. Forest is yeah. doing that, first time. We're doing all so, right. Uh, yeah. At seven o'clock, obviously, usually we'd we'd be uh, looking at uh, who we, what our next away trip's going to be. Maybe West Ham, Liverpool, Man United. But we don't have any of that this year, so let's stick with someone like Shrewsbury at home or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll we're still sh- get embarrassed then. <laughs> yeah, like we still still find it tricky. It's uh, yeah, it's fair to say the uh, we were quite we were quite upbeat last week at post bars, even though we'd lost. I think uh, that positivity was dampened somewhat midweek, and uh, it's really not been not been helped by uh, today. Obviously, yeah, we're recording this Sunday evening, so straight after the Swansea game earlier on. So I mean look, should we should we should we get into it? There's uh there's a lot there's a lot to talk about, but not a lot to talk about, if you know what I mean, in terms of uh there's certainly not a lot of goal action from a forest point of view to talk about. So obviously we'll 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 talk about Bournemouth quickly on um on Tuesday night and we said that that was going to be we were coming into a tough run of games and, and we knew that that was going to be a really Difficult trip to, to face quite a formidable Bournemouth side, uh, a Bournemouth side that obviously had kept most of their Premier League players. Um, and it was simply a case of men v boys, Tom. It was, uh, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a pleasant watch on Tuesday night. Yeah, no, it didn't take them long to um, put out two minutes. warning. So yeah. it took them two, three minutes. Two, three minutes. Uh, yeah, I think obviously, yeah, last weekend we were saying how positive we were, even though we lost. I've had a few people question me, being like, how are you so positive when you just lost 2-0 to Barnsley and lost to Barnsley for the third time in a few months? Um, but we played so well and I was hoping, we all knew it was going to be a tough one and probably might have had defeat written all over it. But what I wanted to see was was this, a similar performance or similar level of intent. I don't think we got that. Um, you know, it took them, like we said, three minutes. It's a superb ball through by Brooks, who is just one hell of a player. Shouldn't be at the Championship, we all know that. But, I mean, God, our defence got caught cold there and the warning signs were those Stanislas just finishing off with ease. Like, I'm not sure what happened to our defence there. I mean, Figueredo, Christie, whoever you want to blame. Well, but I feel like that's staying the theme for the pod because... Mm. Yeah, we've talked about it for weeks now that actually it's nice to have a stable defence and we've we've welcomed Ribeiro coming back into the side. And obviously, with Ribeiro in there, that back four has been pretty consistent now for the last few weeks. But there was definitely a wobble on Tuesday and I'd suggest that wobble turned into a hitting an iceberg today. Um, Not good. And again, it was that right-hand side. We had a bit of a debate on WhatsApp in terms of whether it was a centre-half in Figueredo or... Or Christie, who got caught out for that. I think it was a mixture of the pair of them on, for that first goal. In terms of, I get the viewpoint. I, I get the point of saying, obviously, it came through the centre, so it was kind of for McKenna and Figueredo, and more so on that right hand side to pick up. But the game, Christie can see everything unfolding straight in front of him, and I don't want this to turn out. You know, I don't want this to turn into a 
Christie scapegoating for everything, but I, I definitely feel like he could have come across to cover that, but really not a good way to start that game. I can only imagine the team talk beforehand was, I think we could have probably given it, keep it tight for, for as long as we possibly can. And if we can hit them on the counter or create a chance or two ourselves, take it and get something from the game. But I mean, it just went completely out of the window so early on. And then for me, Bournemouth are a joy to watch. Genuinely, I mean, every time they came forward, they looked like they were going to score. They were, they were, they were tearing us to pieces. I mean, you talked about Brooks there. There was three of them, wasn't there? There was Brooks, Solanke, and uh, Danjuma, who they just move it around so effortlessly. I mean, at times they looked like they weren't trying, and they were still cutting us to to shreds. Um, there was a one, I think, uh, it was Danjuma. I mean, Danjuma did Christie a couple of times. Uh, he kind of flicked it flicked it round him and went. And he should, if he just squared it across, I think it was Brooks would have had an easy tapping. Um, but tried, he tried to go himself. But there was a few occasions where those three, um, and obviously Stanislas with the goal, they were just tearing us apart, Tom. It was so easy for them in that first half. Yeah, so easy. So easy. They kind of, they reminded me a little bit of um, of us when we were, when we were decent. Um, oh, under, under Billy. <laughs> under Billy in first time, not second time. And um, they just looked a well-oiled machine. Like they just knew where they were going to be all the time. Balls playing through. They just looked like they played with ease, not a care in the world. They, they were confident they were going to get three points. I think um, that someone um, summed it up pretty well during the week. I think they said Bournemouth went into that game um, expecting to win and Forrest went into it hoping that they could get something out of it. And it, it looks that way. I mean, Forrest were just, for the whole game, just looking like they were hanging on and just just hoping that they could potentially, like Bournemouth would mess up and they, they'd get a chance. Bournemouth played as if they, they knew what they were doing. They just sweep Forrest aside. It was hard to watch from a Forrest perspective and it just never looked, in the whole game, it didn't look like anything was going to change. Um, I think that's the problem at the moment all the time. I think we're going into these games and we're going, we'll struggle to get anything. Um, and that's that's bad when you get into that, that kind of state of play where you just... You just can't even hope for for three points. Yeah, so I, mean, I think difficult. I think we would carry it. I mean, Bournemouth are they they they, they got relegated by one point last season. They are for me one of the best sides I've seen at this level for for quite some time. Just the understanding that team's not been thrown together like ours has. Um, you know, they've they always got sprinkling new signings in there, but that's a team that has been built and, and put together over a few years now. They they just knew, they just understood where each other was. It's the little it was the li- little one touch and one touch pass, the, the flicks, the movement was just it was just difficult for us to keep track of them and, and Forrest looked like they were blowing just trying to keep up with them. That said obviously Forrest did have a couple of chances in that first half. Obviously Taylor um had had their head air from about six yards out early on. He should have done better Tom for me. He should have done better with that. Um, it was a decent chance for him, and, and I think he would have he would have hoped for better. Yeah, yeah, potentially, potentially. Well, number one. <laughs> yeah, no, I think yeah. I mean, he, he he could have could have done better, should have done better. But I just think you know this is the problem we're talking about. What one? Yeah, one opportunity really. Um, I think Amiobi had a chance. Amiobi had a chance as well. Um, had a shot. 
shot first off, it'll block. But yeah, we're, we're talking about scraps in reality. Yeah, and the thing is, the reason these players are at this level is because, I mean, if they were constantly, if they scored everything that hit their feet, or hit their head, whatever, um, they would be in the Premier League. But they're not. So they need more than one chance. And we're talking about one odd opportunity here and there. And that's the problem Forrest have at the moment. And that's, that's I think, another theme that will be probably touching it's on not, his... I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But this isn't a new thing for Forrest. One chance two chances to score. We were doing it all last season. It was the difference was that Graven was taking it. And I'm not this isn't I'm not getting into a, a Graven versus Taylor debate, but it's not it's not new, is it? This isn't the the, the lack of goals and the and the lack of free throw because they talk about we talked to we talked to Barnsley about the load of chances. Look at the stats on 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 goal. The stats on goal on on Tuesday night were low. But there are a couple of chances there that you know the the drought in chances isn't new. That was something that affected us last season. Yeah, 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 I agree. But I, I look at it in a different way because because personally, I think that was a huge problem. I mean, obviously, I know you mentioned there it was a problem for us last season, but they played in a certain way, whereas although a lot of people say Hewton and Lamucci are similar in terms of their setup and being maybe slightly more defensively uh, minded in that respect, I think Forrest aren't as, or certainly aren't playing as if they want to be reliant on the way that, that Lamucci attacked games. So they were always going to feed on scraps because that's the way Lamucci played. And those chances that Forrest created for Graven, yeah, we can say he hardly had any chances, but the chances were good chances. You know, Graven's not, not a player to score wonder goals or, or take every man on. You know, he, he's a poacher. And he got those chances and they were good chances. Even though they were minimal, they were good chances. I don't see clear opportunities. I think, you know, the likes of Lyle Taylor and Knockart at the moment are trying to carve out chances and do everything themselves. And that's a problem. We'll hold you know, that for. No we'll hold that for. I think he should have done better with that chance. But hey, we're, 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 we're talking about... It, it really, I don't think it would have made a difference. I think if we just scored early on to make it 1-1, I think they would have just gone up, gone through the gears anyway. I mean, we're lucky not to go in 2-0 down at half-time. McKenna obviously knocking one off the line, literally the last kick of the first half, which you, you, you'd think on the run of play probably would have been would have been fair if Bournemouth would have gone 2-0 up. But look, they came out, they had a chance. There was absolutely, like you said, there was nothing to get excited about first. So I can't believe I missed Bake Off for it, for me being honest with you. Absolutely <laughs> livid. Um but you wanted a response. You wanted a response second half. And how many times have we said that this season? Um, well, again, I mean, just absolute disaster. Conceded a penalty straight after half time. They couldn't have asked for it. They just shot themselves in the foot both times at the start of the game and straight after half time. It's just absolute schoolboy stuff. Yeah, but I think, you know, it's, I mean, Colback should um, have more experience to know probably not to even get involved or even breathe on a player at that area of the pitch. But it's funny because I think this one wasn't a penalty. No, I'm not convinced it was a penalty. One, another one not long after was a penalty and, and that wasn't given. So, um, you know, it kind of evens itself out. But obviously, we didn't know that at the time. It doesn't mean it's right. But yeah, I mean, it was a nightmare start. It sums up Forrest at the moment for me and and kind of the... The, the way things are going and the rub of the green, you know, they just can't can't catch a breath at the moment. It's um, anything that can go wrong. And in the in the times of the game, I think Hewton summed it up. It was the times, you know, 
in the first half, they concede within the first few minutes. In the second half, they concede within the first six, five minutes. You know, it's it kind of, you know, you're chasing the game after three minutes in the first half and then you're probably coming out, you've got a game plan to get at least a point and uh, that's probably ripped up again within the first five minutes. Uh, that's the hardest games off probably for a manager. Is I'm not speaking as a manager. I mean, I only play football managers. But no, I'm, really good I'm at that. football manager. It's hard. Yeah, I'm not even good at that either. Um, but you know, it's, I imagine that's the hardest as, as a manager. You know, you, you've come in, you've told the players what you want, and the whole game changes instantly from stupidity. Yeah. Really pure. Yeah, I mean, both goals say the, the first goal was a good bit of movement, but obviously they've just let their eye off the ball completely from a marking point of view. The second one's just stupidity. I mean, whether it was a penalty or not, he's gone to make a challenge. I mean, he was he wasn't going towards goal. He was he was going not not away from goal. It wasn't an instant threat there. He could have just let the ball play out and kind of go outside of the box but he, he's clipped him and he doesn't need to put his foot in there and as you say Tom he, he's done it he's done it again 20-30 minutes or so later which was more of a penalty than that one maybe the referee's evened it up because he's had a think and actually he, he thought perhaps that wasn't a penalty the one that he's actually given but just absolutely stupid from a from a, from a player who captain and, and obviously experienced player he shouldn't be making challenges like that and as I say Call it rubber the green. They just time and time again just shoot themselves in the foot. And I mean, from that moment onwards, I mean, Bournemouth just went completely into their shell. They didn't even, you know, for them, I mean, they saw any danger. It was it was night done, game over. I mean, you can get excited. I mean, Forest Forest definitely grew into the game, and I know that the, the Sky commentators were talking about well, if they started in this way, maybe they'd have got something from the match. I, I look at it the other way. I look at it to to say that as you say. Bournemouth didn't need to get out of second gear, first gear even, after they went 2-0 up. So that allowed Forrest to play it, allowed Forrest to knock the ball about. They did create a couple of couple of decent chances. Um, you know, obviously, um, Sammy Amiobi had the, had the shot, which was a good, great save from the keeper. Um, I mean, Yates has missed another header from five yards out. That I mean, he, he, he's not going to score header all season, is he, the lad? Um, but it was it was more so that I think Bournemouth just played within themselves. It, it was you know Forest were better. It's it's easy to be better when you've got nothing to lose. In reality, you're two 0 down. But it was kind of a mixture of Forest had nothing to lose and Bournemouth were just content. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you summed up. I I was fuming by that point. Enough was enough for me. You were watching celeb, were you? Get me out of here. I thought, yeah, get me out of here. I'm not gonna lie. I don't even. I'm not even embarrassed. About that, yeah, I was fuming. I, I stuck it out, but I wish I'd watched. Uh, I wish I'd changed channel. But I couldn't do it. I still, I was still watching Forest. Don't get me wrong; it was just on in the background. But Amersleb was more entertaining. But you know, I think I didn't see Forest scoring whatsoever. I think I, I agree with you. I think Bournemouth didn't have much to play for. I think it was probably good game management by them. They took their foot off the gas because you know the the congested fixture list. They probably were thinking about you know not not trying to go too hard on the game. The game was won. Let's face it, the game was won. I mean, it didn't help them because they only drew 2 2 with uh, Rotherham um, yesterday. I mean, and, and that's another thing for me, obviously, you spoke about. And Bournemouth are a good, they do have a good team, good some good individual players, but they're not, in my opinion, one of the best teams this, this division's had in a while. I think um, they are still beatable, but I just thought they were far, far better than Forest. And I thought, you know, I just couldn't, couldn't see it at all. I think um, I couldn't see Forest getting anything, I couldn't see him scoring. 
Um, it was comfortable performance, let's face it, and and that's that's the summary of the game. It's it was um, it was yeah. I game. mean, knockout coming on changed the complexion of it a touch. Obviously, pretty much everything positive, anything forward thinking went for him because other than that, there was very little. I think the worrying the worrying stat for me is look, you talk about. I mean, I think if we'd have carried that game on until now against Bournemouth, we probably wouldn't have scored, and that is the worry because we've only scored twice away from home all season. And let let let's let's look at that. Obviously, one of those was a wicked deflection away at Blackburn to obviously kickstart Chris Hewton's reign, uh, reign, which we were obviously delighted about at the time. But let's be honest, it was a wicked deflection, and the other one was a a, a stonking own goal away at Luton. So we scored two, one deflection, one own goal. It's just that is quite concerning when you just look at, at, at the chances. And, and and again, they put the stats up today on, on Sky during the Swansea game. And I mean, you can cut any story you like through stats. And don't get me wrong, we obviously bang out enough stats during this podcast. But they talked about the fact that, you know, Forrest were kind of sitting seventh, I think it was, in the seventh or eighth, maybe, on the chances created. But just... I've just not seen it. I know Barnsley we did and Barnsley's in isolation. There's a couple of home games where we've created, but Bournemouth, and we'll come on and talk about Swansea today. I mean, I just couldn't see us scoring against Bournemouth and it's a really worry. It's a big worry for me, especially away from home in terms of where those goals and where those points are going to come from. Um, and there were very few positives for me to take out of that and I think that was the general reaction from, from everyone, uh, including, I think, the manager. But yeah, certainly... The fans and obviously the reaction on Twitter. It was uh, it was not a great place on Tuesday. So obviously we came into the game today against Swansea, and again really really needed a positive result just to get things moving. Obviously after the back of off the back of two defeats, um, pretty much you know happy with the the team. I was happy to see Guerrero come in and go be a little bit more attack minded. Um, Disappointed Arthur was out, and obviously Knockart had to start after his performance the other night. So I think from a team performance, um, pretty pretty happy with the way that they set up Bar Arthur. Um and they started off really well. There's plenty of positives in that opening uh, opening exchanges. Yeah, I thought the first five minutes. Uh, <laughs> we say it every week. Five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so five apart, minutes, from, uh, apart from I Bournemouth thought... away, but yeah. Mm. I thought, um, you know, I thought the thing that was disappointing about Bournemouth was, was obviously, I think we predicted defeat, but we were expecting after Barnsley to hopefully have a similar level of performance and just Bournemouth would match it or just, you know, just get that look or that, that quality that they'd get on their team would maybe be too much on the day. But we didn't even get that. So that first five minutes we saw uh, versus Swansea was um, was positive. I thought they started off really well. I thought they looked like they were going to create. They were dominating the ball. They were taking the game to Swansea. It was similar to what we saw against Barnsley. And I quite enjoyed watching that again. It was very unlike um, the, the Bournemouth game. Um, and, you know, it was positive to see that. Um, I thought, uh, what was it, Amiobi bursting past two Swansea players in the, in the fifth minute. Um, and the ball met Taylor, who flicked it and it just went wide of the post. It was a brilliant run by Amiobi. I think the cross, obviously, in terms of where Taylor was, it was difficult for him to, to direct it properly, but it was a good opportunity and a good first opportunity to send a few warning signs to, to Swansea, but it wasn't certainly how the rest of the game played out. No, definitely not. No, I mean, that Taylor chance is a good chance. I think, I think, I think it just 
flicks the outside of the post. But yeah, it, it was a good chance, probably not with the ball where he wants the ball. But yeah, Amio, I thought Amiobi and Ribeiro down that left hand side first half looked look really lively. Um, and the support play from Amiobi and Knockart on the wings um, was absolutely spot on. And yeah, what pleased me about that first five, 10 minutes today was that they come out of the traps and they were really keen to kind of get on the front foot and really put Swans under pressure. And yeah, you know, we only we didn't create too many clear cut chances, but for that first five, 10 minutes, Swansea were struggling to kind of get out and they were struggling to get hold of the ball. And you just really hope they'd kind of kick on from there and, and really kind of go at Swansea and just keep that momentum going. And, it, and, and it, it kind of fizzled out. And to be honest with you, the first half, whilst it was better, it, it was kind of very few and far between in terms of clear cut chances. Forrest looked better in general. Um, a couple of things that are just, just for me that really stood out. I mean, Christie's delivery was absolutely shocking uh, in that first half. I would say we talked about the positives on the left-hand side with Ribeiro um, and Amiobi. Obviously, Knockart on the right-hand side as well. But, and I thought, actually, the Knockart-Christie combination works okay. And there was a bit, and there was a, you know, a, a decent level of understanding. But, I mean, every time Christie had to put a cross into the box today, I don't know who he was aiming for, but they must have been about 12 foot at the back post because every ball was hit far too long and just absolutely aimless. It was like a, a, a Matty Louis-Jean in his early days. And don't get me wrong, I love Matty Louis-Jean. But uh, when, he went, when, he's, when he went crossing sometimes, and I, I was ducking on, we sit, we sit three rows from the back of the Trent end and sometimes I'd get my tin lid on. Christie's delivery today was absolutely piss poor. And... Just his general play. He, he just he, he, his first instinct for me at that right back slot is it was was to go either sidewards or backwards. And I mean, attacking supposed to be his main attribute. Uh, certainly one today. Nah, I mean, don't don't hold back. I know. I don't, I don't like to go on these rants about too many players, but oh, I mean, it's just infuriating, isn't it? You get into a decent position and. I'm not going to say players burst into the box because there weren't that many making moves into the box, but there was enough for red shirts in the box. And then just time after time, he just smashed it far too deep. And whether it went out for a, a goal kick or what have you, but just as a, as a fan, it's frustrating. I mean, as an attacking player, it must be even more so. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you make another good point there. What I'd say about Christie's, I agree. I thought he had an absolute shocker today. Um, and um, and his delivery wasn't good, but I think in general, is that that's actually I think unfortunately that's actually the one thing he's actually done done well in a Forest shirt so far. Is I actually think his delivery has been decent in in some of the other games. Today it was shocking, but I think another point you made there is there's just no one in the box. I think you know like Taylor, and, and Garden, and I can't believe I'm about to criticise, <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know. Like, Taylor, Taylor, I think has been brilliant since he since he's come in. But when it comes to that kind of thing, he's he's not he's not a striker that you'd want or that likes to attack those balls. I don't think. Maybe I'm being harsh, but he seems to prefer coming in from deep and and kind of taking on defenses himself and and carving out an opportunity that way or sitting back, sitting back away from the box and hoping something gets cut back or, or something falls to him at, at that point. He doesn't seem to like 
getting into probably the positions actually you know you spoke about earlier in terms of grabbing some of the positions he likes to go in which is just the natural poachers position he doesn't seem to to attack those balls as much as probably would hope so we don't see anyone in the box really you know Guerrero certainly isn't that type of player um and Forest don't have enough players, even though they have a lot of see, seemingly a lot of attacking players on the pitch. No one really attacks no. anything in a weird way. It's it's odd. I mean, that's not to stick up for Christie because his delivery was shocking today, and you know it has maybe has been for the last few games. But but yeah, there doesn't seem to be any intent to the ball. The delivery is rubbish, but the intent to get any delivery, attack any delivery in any way in threatening positions isn't isn't there. Either. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I think that's a really good point. It's just it's so frustrating to watch. Um, it's even in the second half when I mean, Guerrero didn't have anywhere near the impact. Obviously, he did in the in the Wickham game before the break, um, which is kind of what what this formation was kind of built on that success that we had there. But even when you bring Lolly on, I mean, you know, you got. Lolly Knockhart and Amiobi in behind Taylor, you think on, on paper you, there'd be a lot of teams in the championship that would be rubbing their hands having that that kind of uh, attacking throughout the pitch. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And and it's not through I don't think it's through the it's, it's not through the lack of trying. It just it's just not clicking. And but I, I sat there today and I just I just pulling my hair out and I just I'm not getting it. I can't get excited because when Forrest are coming forward, they're not even coming forward in after, a, a, you know, you know when you've been to games and you see Forrest and they're, they're either trailing or they're, you know, they're just going for teams and it's attack after attack after attack. You just never get that feeling with this Forrest team and it, it's just so frustrating to watch. And like I said, they are trying, that whether they're trying too hard and they're trying to force things, I, I don't know, but it's, there's nothing fluid about it. It's just, you know, I genuinely, again, today, didn't get the impression they were going to score. And I think, again, if we'd have been playing until now, I don't think they would have scored. And, you know, they had enough, they did have chances, let's be honest. Like, it's unfair to sit here and go, they didn't create chances. The knockout one was outstanding. Um, I thought he was lively again today. He needs to learn not to do it all himself. He can pass the ball every now and again. Um, but the chance he created where he kind of cut inside and then obviously smashed it, but obviously unfortunately smashed it straight at the keeper. That sums him up. He'd done all his hard work. He just needed to put it anywhere other than straight at the keeper. And Forrester, Forrester uh, are in front at that time. But that's just the look that we're getting. But he was definitely good. But again, Tom, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The big area of the pitch, which is still causing us no end of problems, is, is centre midfield. And when Colback and Yates were in there today, there was just nothing. There was no support. The gap between centre midfield and Guerrero and Taylor was just, it's far too much. The ball drops in there. Swansea were picking up and, and breaking. We were much better. You know, Yatesy was trying to get a bit further forward. And, and you know, that might be the problem. You, you know, you're relying on Yates to break forward and, and be creative and get into the box. And he, he did okay. He was winning the ball high up the pitch. And he, he, he did that throughout. But we looked better when Colback went off and Arta came on. And the first thing Arta did, I think, in the space of a couple of minutes, he played two good, strong forward balls that kind of created chances. So I think that's another worry for me. Arta made an impact, but um, there's just there's just no support there in the centre of the park. No, nah. and I think, yeah, obviously you mentioned the knockout one first there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just needs to put it anywhere 
anywhere else apart from where he put it and, it, and it's one nil Forest. But great play by him to trick his way, trick his way through. And obviously, it, it, but just before that, it felt like the tide was turning slightly. Forest then went through another good spell, and then obviously, you know. Forrest just couldn't get their foot back on the ball again. And, you know, you talk about central midfield. Yeah, I just for me, the central midfield doesn't offer anything at the moment. And that's not maybe potentially criticism of the individuals. I mean, Colback, Yates, do, are they good at attacking? Are they good at defending? What are they about? What's, you know, you talk about Art coming on and improving things. I, I don't think he, he offers enough for me at the moment. I mean, he had... He should, should, certainly shouldn't have been put in number ten in midweek, and then and then he comes into this game, and yeah, he offers a little bit, passes the ball forward a little bit. I'm not sure what our midfield's being asked, our two central midfielders anyway, are, are being asked to do. I because I'm not seeing much much help defensively, and I'm not seeing. And if they are supposed to be helping defensively, they're not doing good at it. Um, and I don't see much threat going forward from them apart from when Yates misses the odd header from a set piece. I don't see much much going forward either. So mm. they're very pedestrian. I, I don't really see what they offer. And then, and then you know, for the goal, oh. up to, to Swansea's goal on the 42nd minute for off time. I mean... You knew it though. I know what you're about to say. Stems, I know what you're about to say. Stems. You knew it, didn't you? You yeah. just knew what was going to come yeah, you knew it. It stems from from Figs. I don't know what he was doing, but you know he, he did been, a weird miss kick, which which leads this one. I don't think the throw. ball could have gone there if he'd uh, have tried to do it. That's how sliced the clearance was. Unbelievable! But as soon as that ball went out, you just knew that from the next phase of play, it was going to end up in the back of the net, and that that you know we talk about shooting ourselves in the foot against Bournemouth, but. I mean, just didn't need, just didn't need to do it. Just inside our own half. It was a poor, it was a poor goal to concede for two reasons because of that. And Figueiredo, I mean, God, the, the bloke is is not got any confidence. He's never happy. He's not happy because after that, I mean, I mean, he's not been great the last few games, and obviously we've criticised him before. I thought he picked himself up a little bit, but he wasn't great after he did that. He's a he's a walking disaster. And um, but the, uh, you know it's not just Figs' fault. I mean, Amiobi on the back post getting out ahead of jump out jumped in the air by someone who's about five six inches smaller than him. Five foot nine, Connor Robert. Five foot nine, and he's he's done Amiobi. I'm guessing six four, six four. So six he's absolutely four, done him. Just he's yeah. just desi- you know I think Sky I think Sky summed up. It was just desire. Roberts wanted it more and he just beat... I mean, in no way should Sammy Amiobi. And yes, all right, Sammy was at a stand-in start and obviously Roberts has got a bit of a run on him. But still, 6-4 versus 5-9, it's just about desire, that. And again, that's going to infuriate the manager. He, he, he's got a centre-half who's given a stupid... Uh, he's given a centre-half who's given a stupid throw-in away. And then he's got, albeit an attacking player who's, you know, he's got to defend. That's part of his job as well, being on the wing. And he's just been done at the far post. And yeah, absolute calamity. Forrest didn't deserve to go, to go in behind. Uh, certainly, I don't think there was enough in it to, for, for Forrest to feel that way. But yeah, they've absolutely shot themselves in the foot there. Well, that's that's a that's the theme of Forest at the moment for me. You know, I'm not saying Forest are playing well all the time because they're certainly not. But when they do play well, even when they do play well, the goals they're conceding are just 
schoolboy, you know, they're just ridiculous, stupid mistakes that, I mean, Chris Hewton will be pulling his hair out because he's got a team which, even when they're playing well, they don't they don't create enough. You know, when you go through those spells in the game, you know, in the champ- it's the championship, you go through spells in the game when you're dominant and spells, spells through the game when you're not. In those spells when they're not dominant, they're too weak at the back. They're conceding stupid goals. They're making silly mistakes. You know, Hewton's got a massive job on his hand to, to sort this out. You know, he probably looked at that team. He sees the quality in it. He probably still does. But there's a lot of work to be done with this team. Well, you, you imagine with uh, you imagine Chris Hewton had a big half-time team talk on his hand after, after that first half and obviously conceding so late. There were a few sparks second half. Obviously, Knockout had a decent chance firing wide. Um, well, I mean, again, it seems to be more at the other end where we were getting torn torn apart again and Lowe was causing Christian Figueredo no end of problems down that right-hand side. Um, and it was, just, it was just easy pickings. And actually, every time again that they were going forward and they were breaking, I just forgot the... I thought it was a matter of time before they'd go on and get a second goal, to be honest with you, Tom. I thought it was more likely that they were going to get one than we were going to get an equaliser. But the frustrating thing about that second half is I agree because I think there's, uh, I mean, I just I'm really struggling to to see now um, how Christie and Figueredo can can keep their places in, in the team at the moment. I think you know they're not just not offering anything, but they're 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 causing too many problems. You know, even when Forest are playing well, they're they're shooting, you know, we're shooting ourselves in the foot because of mistakes or just poor poor positioning or giving the ball away. Um and yeah, I mean Swansea didn't didn't do that much in, in my eyes with the ball in the second half, but neither did Forrest. I mean, you know, there was there was an opportunity where Ribeiro put in a, a cross and Guerrero heads it across goal. Well Taylor just needs to get something on it really, but there wasn't anything else for me. I think that's that's the frustrating thing. I mean the the game, what you were hoping is maybe Forrest came out like they did in that first five minutes in, in the first half and kind of did that in, in longer spells um in, in the second half to try and get a goal. But there wasn't there wasn't much um they offered in the second half and it did just feel like this is it, the the inevitable, you know, the game is, is done. And you can't have that, you know, halfway through a match. You can't be be feeling that way about the team. And I think another thing for me is I mean, I was saying at half-time that I would have taken off um, Christie, Figueredo, Guerrero. I mean, to be fair to Hewton, he did he did make more subs today than, than he has in, in most other games. He made three, so in what a normal game would be, your, your max, obviously, out of his five subs, though, that he currently has available to him. So he did make subs, subs in the end, even though he seems to reluctantly like making subs, which I find frustrating. But... Um, you know, it just it just didn't feel like anything was going to change. Even with the change of personnel, you know, the likes of Lolly coming on, I just didn't feel feel like anything that was going to change anything really. No, I think the only chance the second half, I mean, we, we we we've we've slammed Christie for his uh, for his liver. I mean, he did manage to get he did manage to get a decent ball over Taylor does well, obviously, to give himself just half a half a yard of space and he, he heads over. He should have done better with that. But again, we're talking about Taylor. Really was feeding on scraps, going back to what we talked about earlier on. I think the frustrating thing for me was we looked at Swansea have obviously got the best defensive records uh, in in the league, in the leagues actually, in the whole of uh, in the whole of England. Um, it's 
But where they were kind of, you know, beforehand, and the Sky commentators were talking about actually where Swansea are at their weakest is defending set plays. And if Forrest can get a good ball into the box, corners and set pieces are really where Forrest could have some joy. And we've got some big lads, you know, we've seen with obviously McKenna, Figueredo. We've got, we've got, we've got guys in there who, who should, in theory, be able to, to hurt teams from set plays. Again, our corners and set pieces were poor. They either went too long again, or we couldn't even beat the first man, and that was just frustrating. Um, we, we were getting into decent positions, and this is what I mean, Tom. And we've kind of said it now, but you know, frustration is is definitely pedestrian, and frustration is definitely the two words I use to sum this up. Because we were getting into some decent positions, but just picking out the wrong option. There's a couple of times where I think Ribeiro got away in the second half and beat his man, got into the box. And, he, and just and goes to play the ball across into the box and just hits the hits the Swansea players straight off. And it's just it's about composure, picking out a pass, picking the player. It's just it's just not happening for us at the minute. And you know, I think there was a lot of there was a lot of people at full time that were saying, look, Forest were Forest were unlucky to kind of the masters of their own downfall. They did they did create chances, but obviously they've kind of let themselves down. We created we had one shot on target all match, which was obviously the knockout one in the first half. That is it. That is it. And that is the problem. We, you know, For all the chances we created last week at Barnsley, we've now gone two games, albeit to say Bournemouth away, decent side, Swansea at home, cracking defensive record, good side. But we're not, they're just, they're not putting teams under enough pressure going forward. And, and yes, I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think we deserve to lose. I think a draw on the face of it would have been a decent result. But, being our own worst enemy, and, and even when we're playing all right, as you said, we've just we like to shoot ourselves in the foot. We're not giving ourselves a base and a platform to build on. And um, I mean, yeah, Chris Hughes will be worried. I mean, I asked you a couple of weeks ago, Tom, should we be worried? Are we getting worried? I mean, we're we're fourteen games in. We're almost a third third of the season gone. Um, I mean, Sky again today. Sky were like, well. If Forrest can just edge themselves towards the January window, the Chris Hewitt can have a chance to rebuild his squad. And I'm thinking that is not the answer. Although, unfortunately, it might have to be. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm massively concerned, but I'm starting to get concerned. And obviously, the run of fixtures, you know, well publicised, the, the, the run of fixtures that Forrest has still got to come. We could find ourselves in quite a precarious position come Christmas if we don't start to find our feet and find the goals and quickly. Jesus, I thought you said this was therapy. I feel worse than when You're I started. You're my chest, Tom. I need you to tell <laughs> me that it's going to be all right, basically. Uh, yeah, we will be all right. We will be all right. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say those words of, you know, you're never too good to go down, are you? Um, but but I think we'll be, we'll be fine. My concern is I'll look at the next four four games so you know we've got Watford next I know we're going to be talking about these games we've got Watford next Reading after that Norwich after that Brentford after that your fave um I don't see where the next points are going to come from within those next four that takes you mid-December you then you know games do get well slightly slightly easy on paper but yeah, it's it's difficult. I mean, I think we'll be fine. But Forest have to Forest have to sort themselves out. I don't agree with this thinking of 
of you know we need to rebuild again well, in no i don't even want to think about sick, it sick the death of trans we just can't i can't be asked to talk about i remember back in the day i used to um you know like look forward to it, obviously you? not when i was not when i was a child but mm. like you know our parents would would uh, get me some beers in uh, and, you know, and I'd sit and watch, this is going to make me sound really sad, but I'd, I'd you know, I'd, I'd really enjoy transfer, transfer deadline day. And I'm sick to death of transfer. Oh, I, I just don't want to think about think it. Of no. transfer. It makes me feel sick. <laughs> um, but I mean, Forest need to, I don't think rebuilding that squad is the answer now. And, you know, that's unfortunate for Uton, but that's, that's what the club's, uh, strategy is and that's that's we've had this conversation before I'm not gonna go into it too much that's their fault you know um but you know Hewton's got the squad he's got for me he might be able to add a couple but you know this this is the squad in the main that he's got you know Forrest it's hard for him because you know would it be as hard as this um in normal times to pick this team up mentally um, you know, the COVID situation doesn't help. I know people might think, oh, but they're footballers and they're, you know, they're still in a group and stuff like that. Mentally, you know, and the things that they can do to pick and do team bonding and stuff like that just aren't going to be the same. You know, it might seem like a small thing. I would hate to be a manager trying to pick a team up that's in a rut right now because I think it would be really bloody hard. But But something needs to give, you know, something has to give that team on paper as the quality to, to get results. You know, we could be laughing at ourselves next week. You know, Forrest gets six points out of six against Watford and Reading. Fantastic. Can't see it, but would be fantastic. But, you know, it, that is the concern. The next four are the concern for me. And then, you know, we can we can look after that and see, see how many points, if any, we've got after those next four. But... You know something. Uh, Merry yeah, Christmas. Something. Yeah. Merry, 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 Merry Christmas. Christmas. Forest are a bit like um, you know talking about Christmas. Forest are a bit like the the thieves in Home Alone for me. Well, like, gone down, you've gone down. Like, I've gone, gone down, down a route here, haven't you? Like you know, they think they've they've got their they've got their man. They think they've got the three points. They're, they're dominating. They're, they're about to to rob the house, or in this case, you know, think they're about to get a goal, and then they end up stepping on a rake and hitting <laughs> themselves in the head and getting it in the bollocks by a bag of flour or something like that. Oh, like just <laughs> Boris, Boris, just you know, just uh, do anything. Are uh, uh, jokers at the moment? <laughs> they're just they're just absolutely. Boris will do anything to smash themselves in their own bollocks with a rake. That's all. That's the line that we're taking out of this podcast. If that's not the title of the podcast, <laughs> we've done it. I'm, I'm going on. Track. We've done it. But yeah, I mean, look, we've not even hit our December wobble yet. That's the worry. That's the worry. <laughs> we're not even at our December. We, we're normally pretty. Jesus, open. if we have a December wobble, we might as well just call it like smashing up jelly. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not even into the 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 wicked month of December that is normally one of our downfalls. But yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, I know you're saying. I, 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 God forbid. I mean. It's only a few weeks ago we were talking about having the best squad we've had in years and this is our season. So I think it'd be very melodramatic to then go, all of a sudden we are bottom three fodder. But look, the league table doesn't lie after 14 games, you know. I think it's a fairly decent reflection now of, of where you are. And you do have to, you know, I think those concerns will grow the longer this run, run goes on. But yeah, they just need to try and break it and say, get a decent result on Wednesday against Watford. Uh, 
things will start up rosy and you don't know that run of fixtures you can either we, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago you either dread it or you see it as an opportunity Forest have to from a mentality point of view have to see it as an opportunity to start climbing they will still believe that they are a good squad and that they have got players in that in that team and that team that should you know should be doing better so they have to go out and approach those games in that manner that, that they're going to go out there and try to win them but um I mean, what, what what's the aim now for this season, Tom? Or, you know, thinking seriously with, you know, Chris Hewitt said after the game today, look, there is still plenty of games to play. There's still plenty of points to, to go at. Um, I think the gap to six now is, is I don't know, 12, 13, 14 points potentially uh, at this stage. What is what is the goal? Are we now talking about a year of of consolidation, of, of Hewton just trying to get this, team and squad through to the end of the season and then allowing him to kind of have a full summer because you would hope obviously by then that we'll be back into a, a normal some sort of normality whatever that might look like um it is the aim just to consolidate this season and let chris chris Hewton go again next year or will they still think as a squad and as a as a board and as a management team that they're still capable of breaking that top six this season seems tough at this stage Undoubtedly, there'll still be jokers at the top of the club that think uh, Hewton's aim should be to get top two, probably, and nothing less. Um, look, for me, you've got to be realistic. I'm not, you know, we, we've had this conversation in terms of we've seen some tremendous uh, pickups in form in the Championship over the years. I mean, Forrest would be bottom three, let's not forget, if uh, Sheffield Wednesday hadn't technically broken the financial fair play rules. But the, the thing is, is that I think for me right now, the main thing is just to pick this this squad of players up. That that's that's the biggie for me. And I think, you know, I predicted seventh at the start of the season anyway. I think I'm not ruling it out because I don't think you should. And I think you should always, you know, look to win every game. And Forest squad is very good, so I don't want to seem miserable or pessimistic. But but I can't see anything apart from just getting them as high as they can. You know that's that's the aim. Can I see them getting into the top six? No. And um, I said before the last international break, that lovely international break that we all thoroughly enjoyed, um, that that it was important to see how Forest came out of the blocks after that last international break. I was impressed with the performance against Barnsley. They just they just I mean they just couldn't couldn't finish, um, which is quite quite a biggie. Um, but the way that they then approached Bournemouth wasn't good enough, and you know, albeit we had spells today of of you know looking dominant and, and looking good, but it's still not good enough. So I thought this next run of games was was big to to whether Forest could challenge this season, and it's not been good enough. So I think um, I think Hewton at this moment in time, his focus will simply be he probably at first thought yeah. Let's try and get this team up there. I think his thinking will simply be, I just need to get this team working and, you know, getting to play how I want them to play and how I've had the likes of Brighton and Birmingham and Newcastle play in this division. That'll be his aim. And I think he's probably now starting to realise it's going to take longer than he than he wanted. So, big, big another big week ahead. What Watford at home on Wednesday night. They're currently third. Um, another team who have maintained their kind of the core of their Premier League squad. It's going to be another tricky one. This one's they're still at the likes of Sark, Pure, Deeney, Gray, Foster, Cleverly, Murray. 
they've all performed at a high level. They're names that you you know and recognise. Um, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind they'll they'll be up there. They'll be up towards the top end of the table. Um, if not top two, I'd expect Watford to be to be top six as a as, as a minimum. Um, they're not a stranger, Tom. So they're not they're not shy of a new manager, head coach. Uh, Vladimir Ivic joined in the summer. He's their fourth manager in a year. I I couldn't believe that when I when I read that stat. It puts. I mean, we're not even good at changing managers, are we? We can't even beat them. Well, yeah. Let's not. Managers. Well, let's not. Listen. Yeah. Listen. I'm not going. Down. I'm not, not saying. I'm not saying. No. You never know what's around the corner of this Forest board this season. Um, fair to say. I mean, they're they're third in the league, but the fans aren't happy. I had a little. Uh, I was bored yesterday. So a little scout on their uh, on their forums, and they're really not happy. Um, style of play is is quite conservative, uh, quite dull. Apparently, I mean they, I mean, they smashed uh, Preston four one yesterday. So if that's conservative, then uh, then fair enough. They should come and watch us every week. But um, and the players as well. Apparently, have, have spent a fair bit of time moaning about his his training uh, his training methods. So. It's not not all all happy down there. Obviously, actually, at the minute they've they've got three of their senior players currently self isolating and will miss our, miss our game, missed the game yesterday against Preston. Um, tend to favour a, a, a three five two, but we kind of switched to a four four two last week for Bristol and did so yesterday. So you'd imagine that's worked for them. I mean, it worked for them yesterday. So they'll probably turn up turn up Wednesday night and start with a a good old four four two. Be be a tricky one to say. Absolutely tanked Preston yesterday. Um, it will be tough. One other stack, because I'm, I'm reading them off, Tom, one by one. They've only won one game away from home all season. So you know what's going <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Oh, pick, yeah. pick your bones out of that. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, so I um, had a bet at the start, before the season started with uh, a mate of mine, that we would finish above Watford, so that makes me look like... Well, don't worry, wait that. till we talk about the uh, opponents next weekend, they, they're making me like a bigger tip than that, don't worry about that. <laughs> um, and I actually spoke to a Watford fan uh, this week, and yeah, you, you, you're right, actually, they're, uh, they're not happy. Um, and even, you know, I look at their squad, I think, you know, like Ben Foster, Cabasele, um, Craig Cathcart, who feels like he's been around forever. Um, and in his 20s, isn't he, Cathcart? I don't know. He feels like yeah, he's been young. Um, Andre Gray, who is linked with us 24-7. Troy Deeney is still there. Nathaniel Chalabru has played absolutely brilliantly for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, Forest. That's it. And that's uh, Ismaila Saar, who's obviously... Yeah, he's not bad, is he? Yeah, I mean, Deeney and Gray. He's not a bad player. But, but the, Watford, the Watford fan I spoke to thought he'd been playing rubbish all season. So, uh, he got an assist today. I know that for it. Yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> you got to listen um, today, you dumb man. <laughs> football is that. It feels like Saturday. I'm not turning up for work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you got an assist yesterday. Um, I think, you know, everyone chipped in <laughs> yesterday. Cathcart got an assist. He got an assist. Dean got an assist. Then a goal. Chalibur got a goal. You know, Jao Pedro got a goal. It's, you know, they've got some great players, but... You know, they're not performing as their fans probably expect. But I think this is a real tough one again for Forrest. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's on Sky again as well. So another opportunity to make ourselves look absolute tits. Um, 
yeah, I don't know what to expect. Well, I do know what to expect. But um, <laughs> The thoughts of Dini, I, I mean, I they just... started with Dini and Gray up top yesterday. The thought of those two up against Figueredo scared the living daylights out of me. Bizarrely, after everything that I've said tonight, I'm still going for a Forest win. They've got to break this duck at some point. Um, what right? the genuinely don't travel well, and that is one of their... Downside. They're, I mean, it's either going to be a forest win or it could be an absolute snore fest of a nil-nil. And I'm going to say forest is going to nick this one-nil. I might just be blind fate for an optimism. What I'm worried for one-nil forest. It won't be pretty. People, I mean, you just—I was not expecting. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to arrive. Not even drinking tonight. So not even drinking. Wow. Unbelievable. Um. Oof. I'm no, I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm going lovely, to right? Well, I'm happy, happy days four in a row, then. Um, yeah, and then, well, we travel to Reading, uh, our least favorite team from last season. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Tom, you talk about, I mean, I bet we all want for mate. Reading are making me look like a flaming idiot. Uh, I obviously, in our start of season pod, predicted Reading to be my outside tip for the drop. Um, yeah, they, uh, I think they're currently sat fourth, um, absolutely flew out of the blocks this season. There's seven points clear at the top of the league after eight games. I mean, after then they've only won one in the last six games. Obviously that one win was, uh, was yesterday at home to Bristol city. Um, they, they've, I mean, yeah, they, they won, won three, one Bristol city this weekend. Um, they're no mugs, let's be fair. Um, they gave a good account of themselves, a better account than we did at Bournemouth a couple of weeks ago. They were 2-0 up, obviously, away at Bournemouth before losing 4-2. Um, really weird. I mean, they had another managerial, they had a managerial change uh, over the summer. How do you pronounce this fella's name? P- Panovic? Uh, taking over from Mark Bowen in the summer. I mean, his record, I think, Again, listening to kind of pundits around and kind of looking at, you know, Reading have really picked a random fella out of the out of the hat here for this job. Previous jobs had been managed in Serbia under 18s, under 19s, and Chicago Fire before that. So, uh, not a managerial CV that would have been top of your list uh, for a job in the Championship. They do have some decent standout performers though. Um, you've got Lucas Yao and Aluko. Um, and they've got a familiar face in Samido as well. Um, that obviously we we know so well. Uh, such a frustrating player in a forest shirt. Um, seems to have done okay so far this season for Reading. Um, they tend to favour a 4-2-3-1, so should match up fairly, uh, should be a fairly even matchup from a formation point of view. Um, I think whilst their form isn't great, they shouldn't be underestimated. Let's say they're off the back of a decent win. Good win against a, a decent Bristol City side. Obviously, the run before that, um, not great. Won only, they lost four of their previous five games before this weekend. So, I think whilst not an easy trip, um, not an easy trip, it's not one, they're not the Reading at the start of the season. They are definitely be, they're definitely beatable Reading. But this is not, again, not another game that you would want in the form that we're in. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, some good players there that you mentioned. Lucas Yao, obviously, we've been linked with before. Um, seems to be running the show for them. Obi Ajaria, who I wanted uh, Forrest to sign over the summer, 
Um, but Reading, Reading got there. Um, and, you know, Yaku Maite, um, another another standout player for them. And Liam Moore at the back, who's an absolute rock, their captain. Um, you know, they've got some decent players. But they have, yeah, like you like you said, they, they've just gone through a bit of a bad spell. Um, they did beat Bristol City, obviously, um, to pick themselves back up um, on TV. It will be a difficult one. But it, this one is one I think Forrest can can um, get something from, actually. Um, if they play, you know, smartly, if they play the game well, and they don't allow the, the likes of Lucas Yao, Ajaria, and Maite, too much space. Um, and I, say, I feel like I say it every time, but the central midfield is key. So if they're not on it, you know, Forrest, uh, Forrest are asking for problems. Um, but I do feel like Forrest might get something from this, but I'm going to go draw in this one, I think. Um, I think yeah, do you know what? I'm going 1-1 as well. Uh, we're not going to score. If we score, we won't score more than one away from home. And I put like an absolute tip next week when we record this. But uh, I can't see Forrest all of a sudden becoming a free-flowing attacking side away from home. Um, yeah, I think 1-1. Um, yeah, that will probably be a fairly decent result down there. Um, and you'd take a point. But yeah, if we can come away, if my predictions are right, we can get four points in the next week, and then happy days. Um, I think that's it from us, Tom, tonight. I think that was... Uh, I think we had a little bit of humour to it, hopefully. But um, yeah, I was dreading recording the pod tonight. I'm not going to lie. It was one of those... And and we did forget to mention Will yes. Swan to get his first professional professional feature in a in a feature. He's not doing a pod <laughs> appearance in a in a yes. Congratulations to uh, uh, first first professional appearance. Will Swan. And actually, I thought he was uh, he was good when he came on. He was he he, he good energy. Got about him a bit. There was there was a one where in the it, when he he chased the ball down and won a corner from absolute nothing through just pure persistent so um no good shout out tom congratulations will swan hopefully we'll see you uh see much more of him in a forest shirt and, and in amongst the goals as well because uh yeah we could uh you could say and to be honest with you it's a shame we didn't score because the headline writers would have loved that today but i thought it was going to be written in the stars that swan was going to score against the swans it was just it had to be but never mind that was our the title for this pod would have been written but never mind we've gone with uh We've gone no, for uh, raking bollocks disaster. So, right, let's wrap it up because I think with Pete, um, it'd be great to hear from you guys as always. If you want to email us, you can get us at timeaddedonpod at outlook.com. Or if you want to give us a follow on Twitter or give us some stick on Twitter, follow us on at timeaddedonpod. See you next week, guys. You read. <laughs>